Welcome to Ancient Heroes, where we explore the mysteries and myths of the ancient world. I'm your host, Patrick Garvey. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or your podcast app. And you can learn more about ancient history at ancientheroes.net. Hi, everyone. Today, I want to talk some about the Russian invasion of the Ukraine that's happened over the past week and an interesting connection it has to a certain strain of mythology in ancient history. Uh, So if you're like me, you've been following the news over the past week. It's been a really tragic, sad, horrible situation. From my perspective, I'm not an expert in the geopolitical aspects of it all, but from my vantage point, it seems completely unjustified and uh, unnecessary, and it's a huge risk to the world in some ways. And it's uh, I lay the, the blame for this at the feet of Vladimir Putin. But I'm not going to go on a rant uh, about just the death and destruction that he's caused and that's happening right now. Like I said, I'm not an expert, and you can find that elsewhere. Um, we're going to talk more about some his- history and connections uh, that maybe it has to today. But uh, So about a week ago or... Uh, maybe four or five days ago, you, uh, I saw the story about the Ukrainian soldiers. The reports were that 13 Ukrainian soldiers were stationed on a small rocky island in the Black Sea called Snake Island. And when a Russian ship pulled up, they radioed them and, or announced to them or something that uh, they needed to surrender and lay down their arms and they could live and you, uh, we have the audio clip. It went viral around the world. The Ukrainian response, it was all over the news, everywhere. Uh, you could hear the Ukrainian soldiers talking about it, just uh, quickly deciding how to respond. One of the soldiers asked, should we tell them to go fuck themselves? And I guess he said, yeah, because the, the soldier responds, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. And that audio clip went viral around the world. And the reports that came out were that shortly afterward, those 13 Ukrainian soldiers were killed by the Russian warship. So immediately afterward, uh, those reports came out. The Ukrainian president uh, made an announcement that they would be honored as heroes of Ukraine, which is a distinction awarded, um, I guess, to, to soldiers and others. I'm not sure, but he announced that they would get that distinction and uh, and they were. It was an inspiring story uh, for the world about the bravery and the sacrifice that the Ukrainian soldiers and people were making to defend their country. When I saw that story, I mean, I was amazed, like like everyone else. And it's shocking to to hear that and then hear that they died just afterwards. Uh, but something rang a bell with me. I, I recognized something, and I looked up Snake Island in the Black Sea. And I realized that it's actually an island that we've talked about on this podcast years ago. Uh, the episode isn't even available on the podcast feed, but you can find it at Ancient Heroes' website. Uh, but uh, it was an episode about the lost tomb of Achilles. And I realized that Snake Island is the modern name for an island called Luke, 
which is spelled L-E-U-K-E, which translates to White Island. That's what it was known as in the ancient world. It's just this little rocky island. It looks like it's a few acres maybe, but it's mostly been uninhabited. Uh, there's no trees or anything, um, just birds and maybe some snakes. Uh, it was named, uh, uh, it's named Snake Island, and apparently it was named Luke, which translates to White Island because of this, the snakes being white uh, on the island. But anyways, in the ancient world, it was known as Luke, and according to one strain of mythology. There's a lost epic poem called the Aethiopis, which is very, very old, around the same age, we think, as the Iliad and the Odyssey. And in that lost poem, it says that when Achilles died and his body is on his the funeral pier, funeral pyre, maybe that's the right pronunciation, as Achilles uh, is being burned, at his funeral, his mother, his goddess mother, Thetis, comes and takes his body away from the pyre to this island called the White Island. And at some point along the way, this mythic place where the spirit of Achilles, along with other heroes of the Trojan War, lived after they died or that's where their souls still had some amount of existence that's where their ghosts were basically um somewhere along the line this island became a became connected to an actual island called luke and on this island going back centuries uh into the uh as early as the sixth century bc they started, uh, the ancient peoples in the area around the Black Sea uh, had hero cults worshiping and honoring these heroes. In some of the myths, in some of the myths, Helen of Troy, uh, the spirit of Helen, was also rested on the island, as well as Achilles' best friend Patrocles, and according to some, his lover, uh, along with Ajax the Great who was the, one of the strongest Greek heroes in the Trojan War. He was the second strongest after Achilles. Uh, so this was this sort of mysterious island where the souls of these heroes rested after they died in the Trojan War. And the ancient peoples that lived there built a temple on this island to honor Achilles and sailors that were traveling through the Black Sea claimed that they would, when they approached, they would see the ghost of Achilles. Some said that they saw the ghost running in its full armor, running around the island. Um, Achilles was, of course, known for his great speed. So this was one of a couple places in the ancient world that was really deeply connected to Achilles. The other was the tomb that was outside of Troy. So basically we have different mythological traditions, some of which place the remains of Achilles uh, near Troy and others which place the remains at, on this white island, um, also known as Luke, also now known as Snake Island. So it was a very uh, important place 
uh, to some people in the ancient world. And Achilles was one of the most admired and glorified heroes of all the ancient Greeks. Today, people don't know that because they associate him with the you know Achilles heel or you know something like that. Um, uh, you know, just these modern phrases and, and things. But in ancient Greece, especially, he was one of the most revered warriors. He was the greatest Greek warrior during the generation of the Trojan War. He was one of the greatest heroes they had, and he was known for following and being very devoted to the heroic code of caring deeply about honor and bravery on the battlefield and and uh, and achieving glory uh, after he died. So for centuries, ancient peoples traveled to this island to honor Achilles, and they left treasure there, and there was even an oracle who apparently was in residence there, that could offer healing and prophecies to people that came. Um, And people would do animal sacrifices on the island. And this lasted for centuries. There were multiple temples that were built. If one temple fell into disrepair, they built another one. That's what the archaeologists think, at least. Uh, But as the classical world ended and Roman times ended and, and we moved to the Christian era, at some point along the way, the island was abandoned basically and we don't know much about it after the classical classical times but in more modern times in the 19th century uh, in the 1800s a russian naval captain visited the island and explored the island for the first time in many years or he was at least the first person to document it and he found this temple he found this ancient temple devoted to achilles that some myths even said had the remains of Achilles in the temple. He found a statue inside the temple that was uh, in the likeness of Achilles, and he and he documented the dimensions of the temple and exactly what it looked like very carefully. But unfortunately, not too long after this Russian naval captain visited uh, the temple and the island. Uh, some some other people, I think Russians, uh, built a. They needed to build a lighthouse on the site of this island, and there's really only one place on this island where you can build a structure like that. And so they destroyed the temple, this ancient temple that had so much connection to the ancient Greek heroes, and it was in their way, and uh, they had something to you know. Uh, a task to accomplish to build a lighthouse, and so they completely destroyed the temple. And so today, archaeologists really have not—they've tried to piece together what might have been there based on the notes of the Russian captain and some other artifacts that have been found. But for the most part, it was totally destroyed, and so it's really difficult to piece together the story of what was really on this island. So I talk about that mystery some in, in, in an article on the website about the lost tomb of Achilles. And it's always fascinated me uh, that there was this island connected to these, to kind of a mythological place, you know, of of an island where the heroes spent their afterlife. But it was a real place in the Black Sea that people could visit and uh, and make sacrifices at. So um, when I saw that these Ukrainian soldiers died, uh, 
you know, sacrificed their lives. I just couldn't help but make these connections in my head to this ancient mythology. And, uh, uh, you know, the ancient Greek heroes were, they really idealized death. And the, the ancient Greek warriors, they put death on a pedestal. The most honorable thing you could do was die courageously in battle. That was, uh, that was something that would guarantee that your name would live on and that you would be honored by your fellow soldiers. Uh, it was a very noble thing in their mind to die on the battlefield in that way. And there was even this concept of a, a hero's swan song, and there, at, that at the moment of death, at the moment just before death, was when the hero was kind of fulfilling their destiny. And those final words, those final actions, were so important to their story and to their legacy. And so it just stuck out to me that this swan song of these Ukrainian soldiers of Russian warship, go fuck yourself, that went all the way around the world. And that everyone will remember, and millions and billions even of people may have heard about this. Um, it just the the parallels to to these ancient heroes stuck out so much, especially when we're still using this term hero. The Ukrainian president is declaring them to be heroes, and you know, oftentimes in the modern world, we've used the word hero a little bit differently. Uh, maybe someone that does a great act of compassion or, um, you know, uh, is very selfless um, uh, or is just a really good ethical person we, we describe as a hero. And for the ancient Greeks, a hero was a little bit different. There was an aspect that they were a protector of people, but they were also brutal. They were capable of brutal actions and violence and these were warriors that killed people and slaughtered people. Achilles slaughtered hundreds and um, uh, captured people as slaves and, you know, all kinds of things that are very, you know, would not be seen as ethical by today's standards. Um, but in that, hero in that warrior lifestyle, that's what was seen as heroic. And you see some of these same, the same concept of the hero, you know, in, in this wartime setting with people you know, not surrendering. Uh, it's reminiscent of Leonidas and the 300 Spartans who didn't surrender and were killed uh, at the Battle of Thermopylae, uh, which is a real historical event. And these Spartans were people that they really believed in, you know, and took seriously these myths of the ancient heroes and the mythology of Homer and the Iliad and, and all of this. They viewed Achilles and Heracles and these other heroes as their models. And so, um, you know, we see uh, this, you know, this playing, this kind of thing playing out in modern times. And uh, I thought that that connection was really interesting. Um, and I also, uh, in reflecting on it, you know, couldn't help but, but see you know, the connection that so long ago, our, our oldest stories, some of our oldest stories are these stories of Homer and the epic poems of the ancient world. And they tell us about the horrors of war. 
and the viol- and they really depict the violence and the loss and the uh, you know um, the destruction and you know we see that happening now and all all in the service of leaders and men f- that are oftentimes much older uh, that are allowing young men and and others and women and children to die on their behalf and for their own glory and their own you know uh, uh, whatever their goals may be their own greed their own paranoia and we see that happening and I, I think that's happening in the case of Vladimir Putin meanwhile on the other side we see the Ukrainian president fighting in the streets and uh, and really taking on this role of a hero uh, in the world's eyes. And so despite, you know, our oldest human stories, some of our oldest literature warning us about the, you know, the horrible results of war, it strangely enough is still playing out so in such similar terms in today's world where we have smartphones and rocket ships and the internet uh, a lot of things haven't changed. And another thing that I found quite interesting about the Ukrainian situation with Snake Island was that, uh, so I, so I wrote an art, so I wrote an article for, for the website and I spent a, you know, about a day writing an article when I first heard about and reflected on what had happened. And Right before I published it over the weekend, I took one last check at the news to see if there were any updates on the situation. And when I did that, I found a story that said that Russian sources were saying the Ukrainian soldiers were still alive. And so I let some time go by, and eventually that was confirmed, that the Ukrainian soldiers actually were captured. They weren't killed after they told the warship to go fuck itself. Um, so those early reports that came out were not accurate. And so when that happened, the article, the way that I had written it didn't really make sense, but I'm, I'm really happy that soldiers lived. Uh, and uh, it doesn't diminish their bravery because when they told that warship to go fuck itself, they didn't know if they were going to be killed. They might have thought that that was the last thing they would ever say. So they absolutely risked their lives and they showed bravery um, whether they ended up dying or not, and it sounds like they were captured and uh, and are still alive now. But one of the things that I thought about was just as we watch these events play out in real time from the other side of the world, we don't always know immediately what's really going on. Um, so you know, a lot of information, especially information that's controversial, provocative. Uh, you know, it goes viral and it takes on a life of its own on social media and media outlets are in a rush to publish things to keep up with the trend. So, you know, a lot of information is pouring out and at a micro level, we don't always know, you know, if it's been confirmed or not. And so I think there's some, uh, I think you have to, 
allow things to be confirmed um, before drawing any conclusions about any given event or report that comes out. Um, you know, before you're, you know, one person shares it and then 10, 10 people share it. And, you know, there's an exponential growth to some of these things on social media. And very rarely do people notice that there's been a retraction or something like that. I know that there's been photos and videos and things coming out that turn out to be a different event, a different, you know, from 10 years ago or in a totally different place or something like that. But you, so you just don't always know what you're looking at. You have to make sure that you're savvy when you're checking your sources and things. And you have to read between the lines. If something says report say, uh, or, you know, that off, you know, you have to, you have to figure out, has this been confirmed or not? You know, has there, uh, you know, if, if only one report has put something out, you know, um, you just have to kind of like use your judgment and make sure that you are reading carefully when you're drawing conclusions about things that are happening, because, um, you know, sometimes it's not exactly what it appears. Um, but all that said, uh, you know, I think the, in the broader sense, we're seeing many Ukrainians that are giving their lives. Uh, there was another story that I believe has been confirmed of a Ukrainian soldier who was setting uh, uh, explosives on a bridge and had to detonate the bridge while he was still on it because the Russians were so close. Um, and so he died. He blew himself up um, in order to blow up a bridge just to slow down the, the Russians to protect his his fellow soldiers and countrymen a little bit longer and to buy them more time. Uh, you know, again, it's reminiscent of, of some of these ancient uh, stories like Leonidas and Thermopylae buying their, their fellow Greeks more time by, uh, by holding off the Persians for a few days at, um, at the hot gates. So, uh, you know, some incredible acts of self-sacrifice, Incredible acts of bravery happening on the Ukrainian side uh, in this war, defending their homeland from an invading force. It's it's heartbreaking, uh, it, you know, and it's horrible in so many ways. And I think that one thing that you know um, I've been thinking about lately is this idea that you know some people have the mistaken idea that Achilles. And some of the other ancient heroes died just to achieve their own glory and just so they would have an everlasting legacy. And that's actually, I think, a misreading of the mythology of Achilles. Um, Achilles, as, as some listeners will know, was given a choice. He was told that he would either die young and his name would live forever uh, or he could leave the war and he could live a long, peaceful life, but when he died, no one would remember who he was. And so the fact that he went back into war, people have simplified the myth to say that Achilles cared more about winning uh, his legacy, winning eternal glory, than he did his own mortal life. But the truth is, Achilles was ready to leave. He was questioning and had basically given up on the idea of he did not believe his life was worth sacrificing for that war and for glory and for honor and his own reputation. He came to, he came to a conclusion after 
having a, a fight with Agamemnon, the king of the, the Greek forces, that it wasn't worth all that to him. And he'd rather go back to his homeland and live a long life and uh, that his glory was given to him by the gods and not by, by men. He only returned to battle after his best friend Patroclus was killed because he was overcome with rage and a desire to get vengeance by killing Hector, who killed Patroclus. Achilles only returned to battle because that friendship had been ended. Um, and so, uh, and, he, and, and he had so much anger toward Hector. Uh, so he didn't, he didn't sacrifice his life just for glory. He sacrificed it uh, to, to seek vengeance and to avenge the death of his friend. Um, and, and that's true of some other heroes as well. Uh, and I think as we're seeing in Ukraine and, and um, you know, people are dying not for their own <laughs> glorification as heroes. They're dying to protect their country and they're dying for their families and they're dying uh, for their freedom from Russian conquest. And so I don't want to idealize this idea of, of glory. Glory doesn't bring anyone back from the dead. Glory for a thousand years doesn't buy someone a single second of life. And it's just heartbreaking to see, uh, to see all people and, and um, uh, so many young people with so much potential who are, who are not barely even adults that are dying um, and their lives are being extinguished because of, uh, because of this one dictator who has decided to, to wreak havoc. So, um, I'll just leave you with that, uh, for today's episode and, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you to Derek Feischer for composing the music used in this episode. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or your podcast app. Thanks for listening.